How's everybody doing today? Good. Welcome to week one of the Tangible Kingdom. We're here. Isn't that amazing? Is anybody ready for God to do a work in their life? I'm ready. I'm excited. And um, I just can't wait because I believe that as you say yes to Jesus Christ, as you say yes to God's mission for your life, God is going to do something powerful in your life. Our guidebook for this journey is the Tangible Kingdom Primer. And if you don't have one of these, talk to me. I'll get you one. We've got, we've got a few left. want to get these in your hands. This is our guidebook for our journey. And it's going to be a workbook for spending daily time with God. Don't rush that time with God. Um, but this is for daily time with God. It's also a journal. And there are powerful questions in here. Um, questions that are going to change your heart and change your life. So be sure to get uh, a primer so you can be a part of this eight-week adventure. Well, over the next eight weeks, we're going to introduce you to three revolutionary ideas. We're going to introduce you to Christ, to community, and to mission. Here at Hope, we call it up and out. And these are three things that all of us need to have a life that is happy and fulfilled. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ. You need a community that is supporting you, and you need a mission. You gotta live for something greater than yourself. And when you have those three things working in your life, Christ, a good community, and a mission, that's the sweet spot. That's the life God is calling us to live. That's where the kingdom of God is becoming tangible. And so those are the ideas that we're going to introduce you to throughout this eight-week Tangible Kingdom course. But here's really where our adventure begins. It begins with this idea that you need a mission. You need a mission. Now think about it. Why do we start going through the motions in life? Why do we get bored with life? Why do we settle? Why do we go through our days with no sense of direction? It's because you need a why. You need a mission. And every one of us needs a mission for our life. But there's kind of a catch with having a mission. And here's the catch. You can't follow Jesus on mission and stay in your comfort zone, can you? To embrace mission is to embrace a life that is going to challenge you and stretch you. And that's where the adventure begins. But don't we need that? Don't we need something to get us out of our comfort zone? And that's what having a mission can do for you. That's what having a why and a purpose for your life can do for you. And that's, that's what God wants to give us today. I love mission trips. Anyone here ever been on a mission trip? Yeah, a lot of people here have been on a mission trip. Isn't that amazing? God's mission can take us all over the world. And I've been to places like Haiti and China and Guatemala. Um, the first time I came to Pennsylvania, it was for a mission trip. Uniontown, PA. And here I am again, and it's, it's another mission trip, right? Guys, I'm telling you, you get to know me. I don't even like to travel. But God's taken me all over the world. Why? Because I found myself in the mission of God. And he's taken me out of, his, out of my comfort zone. And that's been an awesome thing. 
One of my favorite stories is from a youth mission trip. We went to Gulfport, Mississippi in July. <laughs> it was hot, it was humid. And, uh, you know, we really wanted to, we really wanted to go and help some people out who were impacted by Hurricane Katrina. This was years ago. And some of you know the devastation that Katrina caused. And so we went down to help some people rebuild their lives and got connected with a family down there. And they had really lost everything. They were living in Gulfport, but they had been in New Orleans during Katrina. And everything they owned got washed away. In fact, um, they tell the story of how, um, how the waters were so powerful during this storm. Um, they actually lost a grandchild. They were holding on to their grandchild, and he was just taken from their arms. And so here's a couple that had really been through some just terrible, terrible experiences. And now they're living in a trailer in Gulfport, Mississippi. Because of a disability, they're struggling to get in and out of this trailer, in and out of this home. And so we were there, and we were going to help build a wheelchair ramp so that they could get in and out. Um, just a little tangible blessing from God. Well, we would, it was about a week-long trip. We would work during the day, and then at night, if you've ever been on a youth works trip or something like that, it's very similar. You go back to the school where you're living at, and there's a program, and it's a lot of fun. So we had just finished a whole day of work. And we hopped in a 15-passenger van. I'm driving, you know, this big van. There's 15 high school kids in the back. And we're just laughing. We're having fun. We've got the music cranked up. And I zip past a police car on the side of the road. And the thought crosses my mind. I wonder what the speed limit is. <laughs> I'm not really from Gulfport. <laughs> Next thing I know, the cop's lights are, you know, flashing. He's pulling me over. And I'm just thinking, oh, I hope this cop is in a good mood. Well... Out of the police car comes this big, you know, big six and a half foot tall, just the angriest looking cop I've ever seen in my entire life. He's wearing dark sunglasses. You know, there's not even a smile on his face. And he walks up slowly in his, you know, officer kind of way, roll down the window. First thing that happens, a girl in the back yells at this police officer, and she says, We're on a mission from God! <laughs> That's how I got a $129 speeding ticket <laughs> in Gulfport, Mississippi. But a lot of awesome things happened that week. I actually prayed with a teenager who gave his life to Jesus Christ. And we got to bless a family that really needed a tangible touch of God on their life. If you've ever sat down with somebody who's been on a mission trip or coming from the mission field, you will know that missionaries have the very best stories. Do you know what I'm talking about? Erica, she's going to come back. She's going to have some incredible stories. And that's the kind of adventure that Jesus Christ is calling all of us to live. It's a life of story. An adventure, and we need that. We need a mission. We need a purpose. We need a why, a reason to live. And that's what we have when we say yes to Jesus. So the question for week one of the tangible kingdom is simply this. What is missional? 
It's a big, fancy word. What is missional? What does it mean that God has a mission for your life? Do you believe that? The very first person to find himself in the mission of God was a man named Abraham. And you'll find a story in Genesis chapter 12. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can head on over. We'll be looking at Genesis chapter 12. Abraham is going to help us answer this question today. What is missional? What does it mean that God has a mission for your life? And by the way, you're never too young or too old to embrace God's mission for your life. Your life needs a mission. And if you follow Jesus, you'll find a reason to live. You'll find a mission for your life. And when you embrace that mission, it's not just going to be blessing for the world, but it's going to be a blessing for you. Check out Genesis 12, 1 through 5. The Lord had said to Abram, to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went. As the Lord had told him, he obeyed God. And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, the nephew, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks for today. Thank you for the beginning of a new adventure for each one of us. And God, I just ask that you would draw us into your mission. Lord, help us to, to find the reason we're alive. Help us to see the people you've put in our life and the opportunities you've given us to make a difference right here where we live, work, and play. Bless this time as we read and study your word. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm talking about this idea that your life needs a mission. Doesn't matter how old or young you are, your life needs a mission, a purpose. And, and here's what's amazing. This goes back to our very theology of our view of God. And what I want to share today is that our God is a missional God. Our God is a God who gives us a purpose, a mission, a why. And this goes all the way back to the very beginning of the story. And so today we're looking at the story of Abraham. Abraham is in Genesis chapter 12. And of course, the whole story of the Bible begins in Genesis chapter 1. And God creates the heavens and the earth. He makes man and woman in his image, and then God blesses them. This word bless, it's a very important word. God blesses humanity. And they're living in the blessing of God. But you remember the story, right? Adam and Eve, they eat from the tree. Of course, sin is introduced into the world. It fractures their relationship with God. It fractures their relationships with one another. And instead of living in God's blessing, they begin to live in the curse of a broken world. In Genesis chapter 3 to Genesis chapter 11, we see the escalation 
of sin and judgment on the earth. The first murder, um, the wickedness of humanity, the flood, the Tower of Babel, people trying to make a name for themselves. And then God spreads humanity across the earth in Genesis chapter 11. It's the spread of sin around the world. Of course, uh, Paul mentions this. He says, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. And this is the story of our world. It is a world that is living in the curse. It's why there's so much brokenness in our lives, why we see brokenness in our relationships, in our political system, even in the depths of our own soul. It's there. And so in many ways, the world hasn't changed a whole lot since Genesis chapter 11. But how many of you know God, God can change all that? And God did change all that. And that's what Genesis 12 is all about. This is the moment in redemptive history when God changes the story. And he does it by calling a man named Abraham. Check it out. Genesis 12:1. The Lord said to Abraham, Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will... What does it say? I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will... Good, you guys are with me. Bless those who... And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You guys see a theme? Yeah. This is the moment. God is restoring his blessing to the world. It's a big moment. It's the word blessed. Blessing shows up five times. Humanity's been living under the curse. This is the moment, Genesis 12. God is going to bring his blessing back to humanity. And he's going to do it by sending a man named Abraham. This is the very... This is the first time the idea of mission shows up in the Bible. It's an incredible passage. There's a lot we can learn here about the mission that God has for us, right from Genesis 12. And it starts with this little word that can change your life. And it's the word, go. Did you guys catch that word? A little word, life-changing word. It changed Abraham's life. It's the word, go. I want you to imagine for a moment what Abraham might have felt like. Leave your country. Leave your town. Leave your favorite sports teams. Leave most of your family. Leave everything comfortable and familiar. And go to the land I will show you. He doesn't even tell him where he's going to take him. He just says, I'll show you. That's a little bit unnerving. I love uh, the Tangible Kingdom Primer. It shows us this Abraham's big choice. And I love how they line it up. Because this is really what Abraham faced when God told him to go. And he has these two choices. Do I go? Do I stay? If I stay, it's safety, it's comfort, it's stability, security, you know, status quo, a little bit of boredom. I get control, expectations. All of that is his if he stays. What happens if he goes? Oh, it's sacrifice, blessing, 
risk, hope, adventure, fear, change, faith? Isn't that the big choice we all face when God calls us to say yes to his mission? See, we all find ourselves wrestling with this choice. Am I going to go or am I going to stay? But beneath this call to go, there is a promise of blessing, isn't there? And so if you look, as, um, and what I'm doing is, is I'm breaking down this passage. Actually, grammatically, we're seeing the main points, the supporting points. The main point, first one we see is this word, go. And then underneath that call to go, God says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And I think this is really incredible because what God is saying to Abraham and what God is saying to us today is that the blessing is in the going, not in the staying. I think that's what God is saying to, to all of us today. The blessing is in the going, not in the staying. And what God's telling Abraham, he's saying, Abraham, my greatest blessing for your life is not found in your comfort zone. And God's greatest blessing for your life is not found in your comfort zone either. It's in a mission. It's in a why. It's in a reason to live. And that's where God begins to bless you and you begin to experience his transforming power. So God says, go, I'll bless you. And then I love this line for Abraham. He says, be a blessing. Isn't that kind of cool? So God's blessing Abraham, not just for himself. He's saying, I'm going to bless you, and then you're going to go and be a blessing to others. I think that's the heart of our God. A God who's blessed us in such tremendous ways, and he says, I'm blessing you. Why? So that you can be a blessing to someone else. And then there's two more promises that follow. Next slide. Those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. Abraham is a central figure in redemptive history. And then here's the grand finale. Go, I will bless you. Be a blessing. And then there's this line. All people on earth will be blessed through you. This is a landmark moment in redemptive history. God is calling and sending a man named Abraham. And through Abraham and his family, all the people on earth will be blessed. But this is the heart of our missionary God. It's a heart for people, isn't it? And it's a heart that every person on earth would know the blessing of a relationship with God. And how does God fulfill that promise? And he starts with Abraham. And then he starts with Abraham's family. And then the Jewish nation. And you know some of the stories. Stories of Rahab and Ruth and Naaman. And the nations are beginning to be blessed. But ultimately, God is going to fulfill this promise in a son of Abraham, in God's own son that he sends to the world, Jesus. And Jesus is sent on a mission to bring God's blessing to humanity. I love it. Paul, um, in Galatians 3.8, you know, we talk about the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. In Galatians 3.8 says... Paul writes this, he says, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Those are the nations, the people. And God announced the gospel in advance. The good news of Jesus was announced in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. How crazy is that? This has been God's plan from the very beginning. That's why God sent Jesus. Because God's for you. He's not against you. 
And he wants to restore his blessing in your life. I believe that. And how does God's blessing come to our life? Do we have to earn it? Is it based on our performance, how well we do on a given day? Is that how God blesses us? No. See, all God needs to justify his blessing in our life is faith. We're justified by faith. And so today, it's as simple as, I believe it, I receive it. I want the blessing of a relationship with God. And many of us today, we experience that. We're living in it. Isn't it an amazing gift to have God in your life? It's a wonderful gift. And yeah, do we still have bad days? Yep. Are we still waiting for Jesus come to fix our world? Yeah. So blessing doesn't mean that it's all rainbows and unicorns and lucky charms and marshmallows. It just means that God is beginning his work of blessing in our lives. And here's what I love about the story of Abraham. It's not just for us, just like it wasn't just for Abraham. The blessing is for us. It's for our neighbors. It's for our coworkers. It's for our friends. It's for our children. And it's for all the people of the world. So this is our God. Do you see it? He's a missional God. He has a heart. The people of the world would be blessed through him. And so I share this because this is the theology behind everything we're going to do this fall. We, have, we, we worship a God who is a missional God. He's a sending God. What does missional mean? Put it up on the screen. Missional means to be sent and to go. And that's who our God is. Our God is a sending God. John 20, 21, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending what? You. I love the t-shirts today with Mark 16, 15. What is Jesus saying there? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's this powerful word, go. And it's for every one of us. Hope Community Church, God is sending you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you you. So he sends you to go, to be a blessing, to get into somebody's life and to help them experience the blessing of a relationship with God. And that's really what this course is all about. It's understanding that our God is a missional God. And he's calling every one of us this fall to begin to discover and step into this great, big, missional adventure. How cool is that? He's sending us. He's sending you. Like, I don't even know what that means yet. It's okay. That's what these days and weeks are all about. But the question on the table, I think, for every one of us, for me, for you, is just this question. Where might our missional God be calling or sending you? Where might our missional God be calling or sending you? It's a question for us to think about personally as a church. Where's God sending you? He's a missional God. He's a sending God. Okay, where's he sending you? Each week in the Tangible Kingdom, we're going to get an action step. For those of you who are following through on the Tangible Kingdom primer, the action step is on day four. And our action step this week is is very simple, but it's profoundly challenging. This is 1.4. 
Just close your eyes, uh, and I'll read this to you. This is our action step. Imagine if Jesus were to walk into the room you're in right now and say, come on, get up, come with me. Where do you picture Jesus taking you first? Maybe it's someone's home. If so, whose? Maybe it's someplace you've never been. Where? Why would Jesus take you there? That's our action step for the week. And the action is on the next page. It says, this week we'd like you to practice sentness by crossing a barrier of normal life. And then it says, cross your fence, cross your street. So just imagine Jesus shows up. Hey, come with me, just like he did with the disciples. We talked about the last few weeks. Where's Jesus going to send you? Where is he going to take you? Where, who are the people in your life that need a tangible touch of God? Who are people in your life who don't know the blessing of relationship with God? Where is Jesus sending you? There's a neighbor across the street. You see them out there, they're working in their yard, or maybe they're walking their dog. You've been living in this house a long time, but you've never actually crossed the street to have a conversation with this person. You just go, what could God do in your neighborhood if you would cross that street and have a conversation? Maybe for you, it's someone you work with. There's someone you work with. You, this person is someone you love to work with. Um, you're building a friendship. But you never actually invited them to do anything social, to have a dinner or a barbecue. You've never crossed that, you know, that work-life barrier. What if you took a courageous next step and you began to build a deeper relationship with this person? What could God do through you and in your life, maybe in another person's life. Some of you here, your students, you're involved, go to the high school or middle school. What would this look like for you? Cross the street. Maybe for you, it's crossing the school cafeteria at lunch one day this week. And it's sitting with somebody that maybe you don't know very well. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about crossing the street, crossing the fence, crossing a barrier. That's our action step for the week. And I don't know how you guys feel about this. I remember how I felt about it the very first time I heard this. I got kind of nervous. Wait, you're asking me to sit with somebody I don't know very well or talk to somebody I don't know very well. It's very simple, but it's very profound. And I can tell you exactly where I was in 2014 on my own journey when I first saw this action step. I was a pastor, the church. All my friends were Christians. All the people I hung out with, they were a part of our church. Didn't have a lot of friends outside of church, outside of our ministry. We've been living in this neighborhood seven years. We really didn't know our neighbors. We were busy with the church. And, and I just think the longer I've been a pastor, the more that I've seen that we as Christians, we really don't know our neighbors very well. We're so busy doing church things, we don't have time to get to know a neighbor, have a barbecue, maybe share Jesus with them. And it's just a sad truth, and, and I was a prime example of this. The longer you're a Christian, sometimes the fewer non-Christian friends you have. 
And shouldn't it be just the opposite? And so that's where we were. That's where the Vincents were. We were in our good Christian bubble. And I'm telling you, it was so comfortable. It was so good. And then God popped that bubble. And Angie and I realized that God really needed to change our life. He needed to do something in our life to get us out, to answer this call to go. And it all started with this action step. Some of you saw my wife at the Tangible Kingdom huddle. She was like, oh, this was, the, this was the moment when we started to get to know our neighbors. It changed our life. It's our action step for the week to go, to cross the street, to cross the fence. And I can't even tell you how hard it was just going to be real how hard it was the very first time to do this one simple act of obedience. But that was the beginning of me saying, okay, God, I'll go. That was the beginning of Angie and I saying with our family, okay, God, we'll go. It was the beginning of a journey. Ultimately, God, it's led me here. Because this is the biggest go that we've ever experienced in our life. It brought us right into the middle of this choice. That's what this action step is going to do this week. You're going to be right in the middle of this choice. Am I going to stay? Am I going to, am I going for comfort or am I going to go? And it's going to be risk and it's going to be blessing and adventure. But look, the biggest word that can change your life is that small little word, go. The biggest word in the New Testament, the biggest word in the Old Testament, the biggest word that will change your life is the word, go. Change my life. And so the question I have for you today is really simple. Where might our missional God be calling or sending you? Where you live, where you work, where you play, your children, where is God sending you? And I was thinking about this. You know, we've talked about how Tangible Kingdom, it's not a program. It's a journey, it's an adventure. Here's what I love. We have something that Abraham didn't. We have the Holy Spirit. You guys think about that? How cool is that? We have the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you. God said to Abraham, go to the land I will show you. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to begin to prompt you. Hey, have you thought about this person? Have you thought about this? I want to encourage us, right? As we go through this adventure, let's pay attention to those little promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because he's going to lead you. This isn't, this isn't me leading a program or our elders leading a program. This is about God doing a work in your heart and in your life and him leading you on this brand new adventure. And so begin to lean on the Holy Spirit and the things he's going to put in your heart. He will show you. Where might the God, missional God be calling or sending you? And this is where I want to close as we wrap up. I want to talk about one last thing, and it's this idea of God stories. I love this. God stories. Like I said earlier, talk to a missionary. Missionaries have the absolute very best stories. And I believe that as we as a church begin to say yes to God's mission, we're going to have some God stories. And I want to ask you to share those stories. Share them with me. Share them with your small group. We're going to have some amazing God stories. I, I remember um, we went through this course years ago, and there was an older couple and they were kind of like the Vincents. They didn't really know their neighbors. But they were so inspired by Tangible Kingdom, they thought, let's hold a neighborhood party at our house. And so they made invitations. They handed them out to their neighbors. And they decided they were going to throw a party for their neighborhood. They didn't think anybody was going to show up. 
45 people showed up at their house. That's a God story, right? It's crazy. Where might God be calling or sending you? Might be to your neighborhood, might be at your workplace, might be at your school, your high school or middle school. We're going to have some God stories as we say yes to this adventure. God's been writing some God stories in the Vincent family. And I don't know what it'll look like for you, but, but for us over the last few months, we've been getting to know these couples. And, and it's been awesome to have the opportunity to share a little bit about Jesus with them. A couple of weeks ago, uh, one of the, the couples, they, they have these kids and, and they had a, a birthday party. It was on Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. And some of you will remember um, a couple Sundays ago, got to preach and then we had a tangible kingdom leaders huddle. And um, I'll just be honest, I did not want to go to a birthday party at 3 o'clock. And um, I was feeling a little convicted because the message of the morning, I, which I preached, was that following Jesus is going to take you out of your comfort zone. Remember that? It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be convenient. Well, God gave me a chance to apply that at 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. But I really didn't want to go. I'm being real. I wanted to be in my comfort zone, which for me is on a lazy boy couch watching a football game. And so I kind of put the fleece out there. I was like, all right, Angie, are there going to be any guys at this birthday party? Like, just tell me, you know, because if there aren't going to be any guys, watch some football. So she texts and, you know, Dan's going to be there, John's going to be there. And I was like, okay, then, then I need to go. I need to be there. I need to say yes. So I went to this party and got to talk to Dan and, and got to talk to John and met a guy named Rich. And we start talking about fulfillment in life. What really brings fulfillment? And the more we got talking, that led to faith and that led to church. And suddenly this, my friend Dan blurts out, our family needs some religion. We need something. Doesn't matter what religion. We just need something in this family. And he's upset because his wife doesn't want any religion for their family. And I'm kind of thinking, all right, for me, it's not really about religion. It's about something real and genuine. But I never would have guessed from this guy, Dan, that God was doing something in his heart, in his life, that he's hungry for something for himself and his family. He's looking for this tangible touch of God. And you know, I would have missed that if I would have gone to my comfort zone. All I had to do was say yes. And God created an opportunity for his kingdom to become tangible. And I'm living in the God story. I don't know what, what the rest of that story is. I'm in the middle of that God story. But I know he's working in Dan's life. And I know that God's brought me to come and to be a part of that. It's pretty amazing. So we're going to have some God stories. I just want to ask you to share those. We want to celebrate those with you. Let, email me. Call me. Talk to your small group leader. Share it in your community. Even this week as we cross the fence, we're going to have some God stories. It's going to be cool. We want to share those. God has a mission for your life. He has a mission for you. He's sending you. And he's working in the lives of people all around you. This is cool. You don't have to go to another country. You don't have to leave the suburbs, although both those things are great. But he has a mission for you right here. You don't even have to add another event to your life. 
but you do have to go. And that's what Tangible Kingdom's all about. Let me pray. God, thanks for... Thanks for being a God who loves us so much that you came on a mission to redeem and rescue us. As I was praying earlier, God, I just want to thank you for the person that came into my life to tell me about Jesus. And now I want to be that person for someone else. And I know that so many of us here in this church, we want to be a part of people around us who don't know you, experiencing the blessing of God's kingdom and a relationship with God, forgiveness of sins, eternal life. And so God, today we ask that you would commission us. Commission Hope Community Church to be a bright and shining light in these neighborhoods, in these schools, in our workplaces, God, wherever we find us, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would do a work inside of us. I pray that each one of us today would hear you saying, go. And I just say, God, let us be like Isaiah. Here I am. Send me. Use me. Because I want to live for something greater. I want to live for your kingdom and your glory. So God, use me. Use us. Use our church. Change our lives over the next eight weeks. And we ask that in Jesus' name. And everyone say, amen.